You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, then go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I hope you are sipping on some fizzy housewives-inspired rosé for yourself, packing a punch at 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. It's my housewives watching wine, and in, uh, inspired by today's guest, I have out I Stole Kim's Goddamn House from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season one finale. Iconic moment. Um, so if you guys want to stock up, head over to nofilterwine.com. That's nofilterwine.com. And if you haven't done so yet, go and check out our tour this April. Me and Adam Newell from Up and Adam are going live on tour in LA, New York, and Nashville. We have Sheena Shea from Vanderpump Rules, Margaret Josephs from Real Housewives of New Jersey, Emily D. Baker. Lots of great guests coming out. So head over to SpillingTeaLive.com to get your tickets. All right. I hope you are ready because today's guest, like I said, I brought out the I Stole Kim's Goddamn House Wine just for her. She's a true OG and she found her voice and she isn't afraid to use it. Please welcome the author of Hiding from Reality from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Taylor Armstrong. Hi there. How are you, Taylor? I'm great, honey. How about you? I'm doing well. I love this outfit. I love the uh, I Stole Kim's goddamn house wine that's fabulous i need to send you some i mean you lived that season you remember that all too well absolutely it went on and on more than one season that's for sure Oof. how have you been since we've seen you on on house size we haven't seen you on house size in a minute i know you did a couple of other shows but how have you been I've been great. My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life now, which I think is going to be really fun for the new Ultimate Girls trip because people are going to see me in such a different light. I got married in April of 2014 and, you know, season one of the show, Kennedy turned four on the iconic tea party and um, tomorrow she turned 16. So a lot has changed. (laughs) Is she having a big 16th birthday, like the birthday we saw on the show? Well, I wish, but she's actually on a plane right now. She's going to go compete this weekend. And every year on her birthday for the last several years, she's always competing. So we're going to have to do it when she gets back. What is she competing in? She does all-star competitive cheer. Um, She's on a world's team. So it's all encompassing and they're incredibly talented and um, really blessed that she has such a great group of girls around her with her sports. That's awesome. I'm sure you're a proud mama. Of course. I only wish that she would devote as much attention to her schoolwork, but (laughs) what are you going to (laughs) do? Are you the mom that's in the bleachers doing the moves with her? (laughs) She would die if I did one move ever. Um, No, I am always in the bleachers in the stadiums watching her, but um, I try to keep my moves uh, away from Kennedy because she teases me relentlessly. So have you kept up with the show since you stopped filming it? Well, I'm friends with all the girls, so I hear things here and there. I don't watch the show. It's too stressful for me because I care about all of those girls. And when I watch them fighting with each other, I know what that anxiety feels like. And I'm like reliving it with them. And so it's way too much, too much stress for me. But I keep up through all of our friends on what's going on in their real lives. 
So you revealed a lot in, you know, your the early seasons of Beverly Hills. You opened up about Russell. You opened up about your marriage. Um, I would imagine as Kennedy's getting older, she's now having access to the show and social media. Have you guys had conversations about any of that yet? You know, shortly after everything happened, I talked to her. And as you may remember from the show, Dr. Sophie and I worked together a lot, my psychiatrist, and he was such a lifesaver to us. And I had a lot of conversations with him about how to broach the subject with her. But since then, really, when I've brought it up to her, it's not something that has affected her. I think she was so young. Of course, it has an effect on her, but it's not something that she thinks about or probably even remembers much about. Um, But she's doing great. And um, it's all out there. It's been out there for so very long that I'm sure if there's anything she wanted to know, she would already know it. Yeah. Do you have any regrets about anything you shared on the show? Well, it's interesting when you do reality television, I think a lot of people have a conception that they could potentially go on reality and hide their reality from reality. But I can tell you, anyone who's thinking about it, you can forget that because everything about your life comes out. And so I don't have any regrets. I wish that I would have had an opportunity to have a great support system at home because doing the show is very stressful. It's very anxiety provoking and you're fighting with each other. And then like in... For instance, uh, Lisa and Kyle, they go home to Ken and Mauricio and an awesome support system. So I was going through all the anxiety of doing the show and then going home to additional anxiety. And I was just a mess all the time because I never got a chance to have that support that a lot of my friends have. And um, I that is a big regret that I didn't have someone at home that I could go to and have a break from all the anxiety. And you recall I was incredibly skinny um, back then and it was not because I wasn't eating or I was anorexic it was because I was just a ball of nerves all the time you know from the show to my home life to trying to raise Kennedy and protect her and it was just a constant churning of my insides and feeling like I could never even catch my breath yeah I know a lot of people like have alluded to in recent seasons or in recent years about Lisa Vanderpump kind of pushing storylines. And I know Camille and I believe the second season um, said that she felt pressured by Lisa to bring up this stuff with Russell. Did you and Lisa, have you worked through that? Are you guys still in contact? And how do you feel about, you know, that experience with her? Um, Well, of course, with COVID, I haven't seen Lisa in quite some time, but we did see each other on occasion and um, we've never really worked through any of it. That just seems like such a different life. And I never know what to believe. I mean, Camille says Lisa said this and, you know, somebody else is going to tell me someone else said something different. I think that there's a lot of conversations that happen behind the scenes on all reality television. And then when things come out, it's confusing to the audience and it's confusing to the cast as well because you don't know where it all came from. But I've never confronted Lisa about it. And Camille has been incredibly apologetic over the years forever bringing all of that out. I don't think she realized what a crazy snowball effect it was going to happen on all of us and but my life especially and um but Camille after she experienced abuse of her own I think in that short period that she did she really came to terms with how traumatic it was are you still doing speaking engagements and bringing awareness 
Absolutely. It's one thing that I enjoy so much is speaking. I love speaking at colleges and universities because I feel that that is such a pivotal time in a young person's life where they can start to make decisions without having guidance of their parents around them to help watch out for them. And I love to tell them about red flags and all the things I did wrong in my life that led me to where my end result was. And so in in talking with them, I'm so proud of the college university students because they ask a lot of questions. And I can tell because of the Me Too movement and all of the publicity that's happened around domestic abuse with the NFL and different other public figures, they're really curious and they want to know how to keep those things from happening in their peer groups and in their own personal lives. So it's something that I really enjoy. But another speaking engagement coming up in May, and this one is a motivational speech for a company. So that's going to be fun. And it's nice to be back speaking again because, of course, there have been no events for so long. I know. I'm excited. We're doing like live podcasts in April, and I'm like, I haven't been, I haven't done an event in so long. And I'm excited to like, you know, get back out there. I know. And there, I work with so many charities and it's been a real tragedy because they haven't yeah. been able to do fundraisers. And I speak at a lot of those organizational events. And it's been hard on people in general, but also on fundraising and charitable organizations. So I'm ready to get that going again as well. Yes. What are your favorite charities? Well, I worked with the 1736 Family Crisis Center for many, many years, even prior to my abuse being outed. But um, just speaking, I've done a lot with YWCA. They're a great organization as well. And just a lot of local shelters, too, that are raising money. And it's nice to go and meet the ladies in shelter and get a chance to talk to them and listen to their stories. And I can tell you the common thread that I found over all these years of visiting shelters and talking with, with ladies and children in shelter is that the abuse never just just stops. Everyone's stories have a commonality, which is the abuse started and it escalated. And that's something that I try to remind my college students about and people in general is just when you start to see those things, it's going to snowball from there. No one has ever told me that all of a sudden someone just stopped abusing them out of the clear blue. You have to have some intervention and you have to have a safety plan in order to know what you're going to do when you do leave. And I just encourage people that have a friend or a family member who's going through abuse to stick by their side. I know it's so hard and you saw it on Housewives, you know, dragging your friends and your family on that roller coaster with you. You know, I'm leaving, I'm staying, I'm leaving, I'm staying, I'm leaving, I'm staying. It's so hard for people. They find themselves quite frustrated because like, oh, yesterday I thought you were leaving. Like, I don't want people to know. I don't want Russell to know that I was telling my friends what was happening. So you have to put on a smiley face when you're out in public with the person who's abusing you, even if it's just verbal abuse. But it's really important to stick by your friends. And I know it's difficult, but they need you and they need a safety plan when they finally decide to leave, which is the most dangerous time in an abusive relationship, because that's when the abuser who is fixated on control loses control for the very last time. And that's when things can get even more dangerous. Absolutely. Um, and and thank you for sharing. I think your book is a great resource and the charities that you mentioned and, you know, just reminding people that there are resources available and they're not alone. 
Absolutely. And that was one of the things, um, financial control is such a huge piece of domestic violence. And it was something that I feel like the audience and just people in general found really hard to believe how someone who lived in Beverly Hills, who had a nice house, and nice cars and, you know, a black American express, how that person could be abused. I'm curious if you've talked to Erica at all. Um, she's kind of, she took a, a seat in the hot seat on Beverly Hills last season. Um, and she was in some hot water now that her marriage was kind of exposed um have you since you've been in that hot seat with the ladies back in season two have you connected with her at all I have not I only met Erica a couple of times and we never really had a chance to bond and I know she's been going through so much and um it's not only a lot in real life, but when you're actually being exposed in the press and on the show, I mean, I can't even imagine the stress that she's under right now. I know one of the lawyers that was coming for you back on uh, back then, uh, R- Ronald Richards, he's been coming after her on Twitter a bit lately. Um, and I know he's had a lot of words to say about you. Have you and he had any communication or has he apologized for any of the stuff, stuff that he said about you after Russell's suicide? No, but I think he should. <laughs> Start <laughs> apologizing, Ronald. <laughs> I think he should too. I think he should too. I think... I don't like when he grills women for, you know, things that their husbands have done. Right. He also claimed, though, that there was no evidence of any abuse in your marriage to Russell. What's your response to that or to any naysayers? Well, he fractured my orbital floor. It really bothers me when people question whether someone's being abused or not, because it's just another reason that a victim is afraid to come forward. If they think that they're not going to be believed by their friends, family, the public, it's a really dangerous um, proposition for someone to say that they doubt a victim of violence. I mean, I agree. To me, I mean, I am very much on the side of, you know, believe when somebody comes forth. I don't think that you used it for fame. I don't think that you were trying to just gain sympathy from the audience. I, you know, believed I, I do believe you. And I think your book has been instrumental in helping a lot of other women break free from that cycle. So the naysayers can, you know, stay trolling on Twitter. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I get approached by people all the time that want to share their stories. And I wish that no one would ever have a story to share again. But unfortunately, it is so prevalent in our society. And the amount of people that have shared their stories to me um, on social media, but also just personally, uh, I probably get approached every other day by someone who has a story to tell. Do you have any advice for Erica? Oh my gosh. I hope she has a good support system around her. That That's just so critical. Like going through everything she's going through and whether it's right or it's wrong, the amount of emotional stress and then being on the show in addition, I, I just hope that she does have some good people around her that care for her for reasons other than having a ton of money. <laughs> yes. So Andy Cohen did announce, as you mentioned earlier, that you'll be part of Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2 on Peacock. First of all, what in the world made you decide to return to reality TV, let alone this experience? (laughs) Andy's so cute. When he called me about it, he is like, it's just going to be fun. Like, it's not going to be stressful. You're going to be with all these great girls. And and um, so I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll do it. You know, it sounds like a good time. And um, then the very last thing he said to me goes, "Okay, but one more question. Are you willing to film with Brandy? (laughs) 
was like, Andy Cohen, you are a bad boy. <laughs> they like, don't hook me. And then all of a sudden say, but are you willing to film Brandy? <laughs> so we had a little laugh about it. Did you get it? It was a great girl, so. Uh, other than Brandy, did they give you a heads up of who you would be in the manor with? Yes. Yeah, we did. I, we talked about that and I knew everyone going in and then there's a little surprise guest that shows up, but I can't say who, but everyone else I knew was coming. And I was with, um, you know, Vicki and Tamara. I live in the OC now. So I had seen Vicki prior. She and I had lunch. So I definitely knew I had an ally uh, going into the whole thing just in case I needed one. How was it seeing Brandy again? And now you guys were confined to like the, the Bluestone Manor. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll all unfold on the show, but it was definitely the only thing going in that I was worried about is the two of us being back together again, especially in confined quarters for quite a bit of time. Um, and um, see how it unfolds. But that was the only trepidation I had about going into the show. If you could describe the experience in one word, how would you describe it? Fun. Fun. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That was- we had a lot of fun. That's good. I mean, it's the ultimate girls trip. You have to have fun. Absolutely. And I just fell in love with Phaedra and Eva. I haven't spent much time with them. And Dorinda was so great to get to know her and just to have a new set of girlfriends. And we all keep in touch on on texting and just wish each other happy Valentine's day or, you know, whatever, and, uh, send each other, you know, little notes every once in a while. And I think we forged a a pretty good friendship. That's good. So I do have some questions that the Zach pack sent in for you, Taylor. Are you ready? I'm ready. Well, Jay Denny first wants to know if filming ultimate girls trip made you miss housewives and would you come back? Uh, I think there are things about filming Ultimate Girls Trip that did make me miss Housewives. What I would love is to have Housewives with my current husband, because having that support system and being able to go and be who I am and the stronger person that I am now, and then come home to having a strong support system as well, um, that would be a real, uh, it would be a fun experience just to have a different outlook on the whole show experience. And But I am in the OC now, so I don't know. That would be kind of fun to bring you into the OC mix. (laughs) Uh, Tiff A0428 wants to know if you've kept in contact or talked to anyone in Russell's family at all. You know, I haven't. I saw his mom um, after everything had happened and um, we kind of, you know, she'd send a Christmas card or a birthday card for Kennedy on occasion, but his family is kind of like scattered around and we just haven't kept in contact over the years. Everything was so traumatic for so long, but um, I did see his mother after everything, after we had all um, the dust had settled, so to speak. And I did see her and it was a great interaction. Um, a few people asked about Dana Wilkie. How are you guys? Have you kept in touch? We know game night was a riot, but what's been going on with you guys since then? You know, I haven't talked to Dana in years. Um, I think she moved to Florida and we just lost touch with one another. And then for a while I was living in Vail. So I kind of went away and skied for a few years and caught my breath and tried to um, get my life back together. And Thankfully, I had that time to be able to breathe and to be up on that mountain and evaluate my life and start a new one. Uh, Claudia19 wants to know, what about Kyle? How are you guys doing? 
Kyla and I will always be friends. I love her. I wish so much that more of our friendship would have been on the show. I know that us just having fun and being good friends doesn't make for dramatic TV, but we only lived a few streets away from one another. And of course, Portia and Kennedy were only a couple of years apart. So they had sleepovers a lot. And um, I spent a ton of time at Kyle's house and she's a great friend and um, she's super busy and I'm busy and you know that's what happens our lives go in different directions but I could call her up today and we would laugh just like old times who on the current cast do you talk to let's see I don't even know we have Lisa Rinna I don't really know all the- yeah Lisa Rinna I love Lisa Rinna you guys are good love her I don't talk to her to talk to her uh, summer specs but at the same time as you know the 404 404- Five is a long way away <laughs> from LA. <laughs> so it's not as easy. I get invited to a lot of events. Well, pre COVID, of course. And yeah. then, um, but you know, once you go up to LA, it's an all day event. And so oftentimes I don't have the time to go four hours on the 405 or however long it's going to take <laughs> to get up there. So I don't see everyone as often as I should. Um, Fabi wants to know what you think about the Richards sisters dynamic on the show. I know Kim recently said that Andy reached out to her about returning to the show. Um, how would you, I mean, now we obviously have Kathy that's dipping in. How would, how do you feel about all three sisters being on Beverly Hills together? I don't know about that. I mean, housewives fight and sisters fight. So you throw all those things together. It could be, great tv but the human being in me is not so sure (laughs) yeah is there anybody on the show that you would like to see back on the show um well of course it's always good lisa always makes good tv and um i think that whole dynamic between she and kyle over the years was was great um i don't think that'll ever happen but i think that would be a good one do you think they could repair their friendship I don't know. There's a lot of water under that bridge between the two of them. I'm not sure that they might be able to do it on the surface, but I think there's too many things that are deep rooted between the two of them that I'm not sure that they could overcome. Liz BF wants to know if you ever use the infamous cat meme at all and what your thoughts of it going viral. Well, I see so many of them and they've gone on for so long. It's fascinating to me. Um, but I am getting ready to do something with the meme. And I had a fun conversation with Smudge. I did talk to the cat. Mm. Of course, the cat did not talk back. But we had a little conversation and um, with the owner, of course. And we've done some fun stuff. So um, it's I think it's my turn to do something with the meme. So stay tuned. Well, that'll be fun. It, it was what was that like? Because obviously you had Housewives fame. You did a couple of shows. And then, like you said, you went to Vail. Things kind of settled down. But then on social media, you kind of ended up picking back up again with the cat meme. What's it like to go viral on the Internet? <laughs> I, I have no idea where the cat meme came from. But when they first started coming my direction, I would send them to Kyle and she'd say, I don't get it. And I'm like, I don't get it either. And then they just kept happening. And people are so creative. I mean, some of the stuff that people came up with, I, it's fascinating to me. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was all fun. And then there were people that asked me if it was upsetting to me because that was a really um, horrible scene where I'm screaming. And it was because I was afraid 
the abuse had just come out and I was yelling about that. But that just seems like such a different lifetime to me that it doesn't have an effect on me. And I just think they're hysterical. My favorite to use is enough. Every time I need to tell somebody enough, I always use that gift. <laughs> I know, right? There are some iconic lines from Housewives for sure. I would love to see you back on the show, even if it's just like in a small capacity, like when we got little bits of you coming to like Kyle's white party. Like, I think it's always fun to kind of see everybody back in the mix. I think so too. And I think because the original six of us are real friends and we have such a history together. I mean, if you think about it, we had divorces season one, season two, season three, and only five of us were married. So we went through a lot together. And then of course, everything that I went through, um, we certainly have a bond that'll last forever. I'm curious what your thoughts are about Lisa Rinna. Uh, I know she was kind of put in the hot seat last season for standing by and kind of being a support system for Erica. You know, obviously, a lot of people are, are, are judging Erica, thinking she was complicit or, or more aware of things than she's leading on. Do you think Lisa Rinna, you know, did the right thing by standing by her friend? Or do you think she should have jumped in like some of the other girls and questioned her a little bit more on the show? That's a tough question. Um, I always stand by my friends. And even when maybe they're a little bit in the wrong um, and I don't think that we really know the truth. And so yeah. I think as a friend standing by and being there to support your friend and not being critical of them when we really don't know everything. I agree. Um, how is Vicky doing? I know Tamara's kind of spoken up about her, you know, after the breakup with Steve Lodge saying that she's slowly starting to get back into the dating pool. Have you been able to hook her up with anybody in the OC? I have not set Vicky up, but I would love to. I just have to find someone who's worthy of her. Yes. <laughs> well, Taylor, thank you so much for chatting with me today and for answering the Zach Pack questions and helping us reminisce about the good, the golden days of Beverly Hills Housewives. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It was nice to talk with you. Is there anything you want to plug or share or push people to for any resources? Well, the one thing I just got involved in that I'm pretty excited about, we talked about financial inequality earlier, and I just got involved with an app called Guac, like a side of guacamole, Guac, um, and it is a way to spend and save at the same time. So you get cash back and rebates, and you can put it toward your goals, like whether it's a new car or a trip to Hawaii, but it lets women save money while they're spending money. And it's just a really cool resource. And you can decide what you deserve to uh, save up your money for. So check it out. It's a cool app. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Taylor. And I saw you were recently back on Instagram. Yes, my Instagram got hacked in 2016. And oh. it's taken this much time for me to get it back. So official Taylor Armstrong. I love it. Well, I appreciate I love when you do I saw the photo of you and Vicky and Tamara. And I love all the ultimate girls trip like behind the scenes photos that some of you guys have posted hanging out. So I'm looking forward to season two. I'm going to be watching it and sending more Taylor Armstrong Beverly Hills gifts to my friends. <laughs> okay, Zach. Take care, honey. Thank you. Thanks so much, Taylor. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. Be sure to give Taylor a follow. Now that she's gotten her Instagram back, we want to get those followers back up because I'm pretty sure she's going to be doing some stories. And if not, I'm going to tell her she needs to up her social media game because with Ultimate Girls Trip 2 coming out, we need to create some new memes and gifts for her. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to stock up on No Filter Wine at nofilterwine.com and get tickets to see me and Adam live this April, April 7th in LA, April 13th in Nashville, and April 28th in New York City. Go to spillingteelive.com and yeah, get ready, guys. Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2 is coming to Peacock soon. All right, talk to you later. Bye.